Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris on Youth Sunday evening. We have a few announcements we're going to make before we get service kicked off. Youth Sunday is tonight, 6 p.m. Way to go, you made it. Ladies United Fellowship, that's on the 13th at the Fish Fry, and Sister Kylie Bertrand is speaking, so that's awesome. Then the sign-up sheet is in the foyer already for that, so make sure to get your name signed up for that. And then Awaken Ladies Life Conference is the 17th in Cleburne, and so that's going to be an awesome time. We just got back from men's conference, and so I know that's going to be an awesome one. And then Ladies they're assuming you need a little more because on the 23rd is glorious ladies life conference and that one's in garland and so you're yeah that's awesome as well you're getting a little double portion my goodness that's awesome though that's going to be a lot of fun i know that and then your monthly mission pledge is due the 25th of this month so make sure to get that turned in And then Northeast Section Youth Rally is September 30th here at 8 p.m. And so make sure to invite all your children, all their friends, everything. And y'all come as well. This is not just for youth. Just because it's a youth rally doesn't mean it's just for youth. God's going to be moving at that. And then the Branson trip is on push pay. No further information outside of that. It's just on push pay. So I don't know. I don't even know what you even need that information with. I don't know what you can do with that. But that's what you got. This afternoon, as I was studying, I was in Deuteronomy, and we were in chapter 6, and it's verses 4 and 5, and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. And as I was in my research, I came across that in, uh, what, what was it, in... I can't remember the translation of it. But in that translation, the word for that passage was Shema. And Shema, what the word means for Shema is to listen. That's roughly what it translates to in English. But that's not the extent of the definition of Shema. See, for that, it also meant listening, hearing, but also obeying. And so in this, in for Judaism... Shema is also what this passage is known as, and it's one of their daily prayers. And so I thought that was so crazy because it says, listen, it says here, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord, and let's love him and let's praise him. And so tonight, I thought, I was like, well, how convenient. Let's shimmer the Lord. And I know, I, I know for a fact that I'm butchering the way that that's used But I love the way it was used because we're not just listening because that could mean passively or actively. But we're listening and we're hearing and we're obeying. There's a further step to it. And so in Psalms 100, verse 4, when it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So whenever we're shimmying tonight... We're hearing and we're obeying and we're praising. And how do we do that? We do that by worshiping. So if you would, please stand up and let's shimmer the Lord tonight.
Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Stephen asked me to do prayer requests, and I almost had an anxiety attack. I am not going to lie. I got so nervous, and I don't know why. I don't get nervous public speaking, and especially not around family. And I just I just couldn't. Like, I couldn't stand the thought of, like, getting up here and speaking in front of y'all. And, man, the Lord is crazy about how he connects us. The Lord is so crazy about how we spiritually come together, and we worship, and he connects us. And... One thing that I was going to say is that each and it's so crazy how every day this thing has been coming up about the strength that we have is not only for us. The strength we have is for our family and for our friends and also for our fellow believers. And so whenever we're going through trials and we go through victories, that's, yeah, it's our victory. Yeah, it's his victory. But it's also the people in our lives victory. It's the people that never get to pick up a Bible and we're their only example. That's their victory. And so... With the victory of God, there's change. There's no way that we can have so much victory and God not be a God of change. He can change situations. He can change valleys. He can change mountains if he needs to teach us a lesson. And so I'm going to read this prayer list. And if there is a name that pops up or sticks out, I urge you to act in faith and pray for that name. If you need to intercede, if you need to come down to the front, if you got to get on your knees, a hand or two never hurt. I'm just going to put it out there for all of you quiet prayers. Come on, get a little louder. ain't ever hurt someone. So as I go through these names, please be sensitive in the spirit. If it's one person, if it's everybody, if it's someone that's not even on here, I urge you just to step out and just to pray for them. 
So Rex Foster, Sis Denise Bell, Jean Cavender, Freeland and Armstrong family, Jody Bulware, Alexis Roberts, Johnny Cyrus, Don Price, Lloyd Ushry, Brooklyn Poole, Garrett Landers, Megan Spann, Kelly Whitley, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Chaplin Gibbs, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Billy and Vicky Tronado. Now, some of these names have been on here for a while, and some of these names are so brand new, but that doesn't change the fact that they are each so close to someone. They are so close. They have a family, and they have friends, and those are people, and it's so crazy because God puts people on this earth. He put you and I, he put each and every single one of us on this earth for a reason, and he gives us so much power through prayer. And so for those names, just go into prayer. Just go into prayer, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. Just don't be afraid to get uncomfortable with your prayer, to get specific with your prayer. So, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you just come up in here and you change, Lord. That you change situations and you change environments, Lord, because you did not put us here to lose. We did not go to you just to lose, Lord, but you are a God of victory. You are a God of winning. You are a God of the heavenly places, Lord, and that's exactly where you called us. You called us to be with you, and so for our family and our friends and these people on here, heal, Lord. Heal mentally, spiritually, physically, Lord. I know that you can, Lord. I thank you for what you've done, what you are doing right now, and what you will do, Lord. You are so amazing, Lord. Just keep leading us. Just keep leading us, Lord. Thank you.
presence of God. give him the thought just came to my mind so what and this is 
This is uh, divide. This is come from Brother Tuttle, and he was basically saying so to to the things that would stop us from praising. He was he was asking, so your car has a flat. So he was asking, you you have a, you had a past, you have a loved one past. So and he got us all to say that say so to all these different kinds of reasons. And I mean, it goes for the. The extremities of it is a flat car to someone dying in your family. And you see that and you're like, how's this the same? You know? (laughs) And it just goes back to sometimes it feels like God isn't enough. But that's just it. It feels like. Never once has it actually been too much never once has it actually been oh he didn't give me enough strength so I'm not going to make it through this day well you wouldn't have woken up let me just tell you that if you weren't going to make it through this day you wouldn't have had the breath in your lungs that you're breathing right now if you didn't have enough strength for this day and so so what came to my mind the distractions of this world so what your Netflix time outweighs your Bible. So what? You can flip that. Your shame's bringing you down. So what? You got bondage. So what? <laughs> the extremities are all there. I can't. I wish I was a prophet, and I wish I could tell and I could shout out each and every one of our problems. That would be so cool, and that would really get us stirred up, wouldn't it? I mean, let's just be real. But it doesn't work like that. Because God's working on his time. And he's like, yes. But I need your so what. I need your so what in the storm. I need your so what in the valley. I need your so what when you're on the mountaintops. God, I got a promotion. So what? Whoa. That's not fun though. God, let me lay aside this blessing. And let me get back to the blesser. God, let me lay aside this this foot that's hurting and let me get back to the blesser. God, let me get back on the potter's wheel because I understand I'm not complete yet. So I understand we're about to take offering, but so what? Because God's worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise and it's the least that we can do since he put us on this earth. Mm. So if you want to return to your seat or if you're up here, fine, giving offering, that's fine. I, I don't want to. I'm not messing with the spirit of the Lord. Uh, I'm just up here. He's, he's going in spite of me, not because of me at all. <laughs> I'm just trying to not to mess it up. But right now, we'll have our ushers come. Man, and so what? So what? God, you're getting my praise. <laughs> I get it. It's not easy. To say that at all whenever you're on the you're in the valley and when you're in the storm and whenever you've got loved ones passing and whenever you've got things coming against your mind, I, I get that. And I'm guilty of not saying so what. But luckily he's still there for us. God, <laughs> thank you so much for your will. Thank you so much for the way that you have paid for each and every one of our lives. And God, even if we get in the dirt, even if we get in the mud, even if we get in the rubble on the side, God, 
You're still there for us. And you're still there saying, just get back. Jesus, I pray that you would bless this offering and this service. Continue to bless it. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jesus, for everything you're doing in each and every one of our lives. For what you're doing in our finances. For what you're doing in our mind. For what you're doing in our physical bodies, Jesus. Thank you. And that doesn't match sometimes, but thank you. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this offering tonight. Amen. It was my cross you bore So I could live In the freedom you died for And now my life is yours And I will sing Of your goodness forevermore
your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above our names. Be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above our names. Be exalted now in the heavens. As your glory fills this place, you alone deserve our praise. Through the name of our own name, be exalted now in the heavens. As your glory fills this place, you alone deserve our praise. Through the name of our own name, be exalted now in the heavens. Oh, we feel the 
you could give this praise team a hand. And then begin to give that hand clap to God right now in this time. God, thank you for your spirit. God, thank you for what we felt in this place already. Mm. I am convinced that the devil and every demon in hell has the second Sunday night of the month circled on their calendar. I know that they are dreading it when that first Sunday comes. They're like, they got seven more days. They know that when Youth Sunday comes, some victories are won. And uh, yeah. And the best part is, is because it has nothing to do with me. So there's no pressure on me. But it is with you, with your worship, and with God, what he does and what he's wanting to do, we see this happen. And he got, I just got so overwhelmed just during that last song, just standing over there. And just, I decided just to watch the youth and just to watch the praise team. And I got overwhelmed thinking about looking at everybody and where they are now and where we all started. And I, I saw Emma up here, and I thought about when she was two, we're all in the family, with the family on the boat. And she started running towards the edge of the boat, and I went and grabbed her to keep her from running off of the edge of the boat. And I thought about, I saw Kenzie, and I thought about, there's this picture of me and my sister Savannah whenever, who knows, I think I was maybe a sophomore or a junior, and little Kenzie is in the picture with us. And I, Caleb, you were my mini-me at one point. Now you're my big me, I guess. I'm your mini-me. One day I'm going to grow up and be like you. And it's just, I'm overwhelmed and I'm honored and humbled to be able to serve a group of young people like this that has a hunger and a desire for God that I've, I've never seen before in people of this age. And who loves our young people? Yeah? Your hunger and your desire for the things of God, it, it challenges me to dig deeper to be the absolute best that I can be for you. And so I want to thank you for that. And so we're going to move. We can remain standing quickly just for the, for the word. Now we'll move through it quickly so you can be seated. I know we've been standing for a little while. But the word, we're going to be diving into Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. And if this sounds familiar, it's because it is my third sermon that I've ever preached was this. And I was... I had a few things, a few topics I wanted to preach on that I thought were really cool. And I was excited, man, they're going to be impressed by this. And this is going to be good. And I sat and I was trying to write it and I was trying to go and it just wasn't working. It wasn't flowing. It, there was a, a, a wall. And so I stopped and I went back and I was scrolling through some of my old notes and this one stood out to me and it felt, hopefully I've gained a little more wisdom and knowledge since uh, December of 2019. But... It's a word that I truly believe that somebody is going to leave here blessed by. It's a word that blessed me, and we're going to leave here changed because of what God is wanting to do through this word. And so before we even pray, let's just, before we even read, let's just pray that God uses us. God, we felt your presence already. We felt you move. We've seen what you've done. And so, God, I pray that you tenderize my heart, God, to receive the word from you tonight. 
that I don't want to walk out of here the same way I came. I don't want to walk into this next week, God, the same way I did. But, Lord, I want strength tonight. I want something from you tonight. So, Lord, prepare me to be good soil, God, for you to plant a seed in my heart and in my mind. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. So we have Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. And it says, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And this is Jesus. And then he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them. They were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which ones that was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had finished speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him saying, master, we've, we've toiled all night and we haven't caught anything. In a urban regular translation, that means we fished all night and caught no fishes. And, but he says right here, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and their nets broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were on the other ships, so they could come and they could help them. And they came and they filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at the knees of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the catch of the fishes of which they had taken. So, you may be seated. The title of this sermon is, Nevertheless, at thy word. And it's something that if we can apply to our lives tonight, we can leave here changed. That our workplaces, when we walk in on Monday morning, are not going to get the same one that they had on Friday. That the devils that fought us coming into this weekend aren't going to find the same ones walking into Monday. But there's going to be a change. There's going to be a power in us if we make up in our mind to say, nevertheless, at thy word. So when this story opens, it opens with Jesus spotting two empty fishing boats. And the fishermen, they had gone and said they were cleaning out their nets. And the boats, it was on the shore, and they were, and they were empty. And they were, honestly, whenever a boat's on the shore, they're pretty, it's pretty useless. It, they, it doesn't do much. It's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. All it is is an organized hunk of wood. Has anyone ever felt like that before? You're an you're so organized hunk of wood. You look good. You got it together. All the planks are in order, but you're not doing much. Not really doing anything. You're not... You know, you're not doing what you should be doing. It's just sitting out there on the shore. And because it also, boats, they require people to be operated. But this boat was just sitting there. It's empty. It was still. It was stuck, not doing anything. And that's how we feel sometimes, that we're not, we feel like we're not slicing through the waves of life. We're not moving forward. We're, we're not being used. We're just stuck on the shore of life feeling empty with no purpose, no motivation, and no direction. And maybe you've been out there on the, on the waters before. You've been on journeys and you've caught many fish before, and, but you've been stuck and you've gotten in a rut and you can't get out. Or maybe you're waiting to go out on your maiden voyage and you just haven't seemed to get started, get traction, and kick off 
yet, whichever way you feel, sometimes we feel like those boats. But as pitiful as that boat might have looked, it had one thing going for it. That it was in the right place at the right time. That it was in the presence of Jesus Christ. And Jesus looks at that organized hunk of wood. The wood, the boat that wasn't going anywhere, that wasn't doing anything, that wasn't being used and said, I'm going to start a ministry right here. I'm going to use this hunk of wood. I'm going to use this boat right here that's not doing anything. And I'm going to start a ministry in this. And God's looking at you right now. You may feel like you can't, you're not being used. You feel like you're not going anywhere that you're stuck. He's looking at you tonight saying, I can use them. I can use them tonight. I can start a ministry in them. They're not moving yet, but they're in my presence. And whenever you're in the presence of God, when you used to be stuck, you're going to move forward. When you used to not be able to do anything with him inside of you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All you have to do is allow him to get on board. And so Jesus gets on one of the boats, the boat that happened to belong to Simon. And Simon, he asked him, you know, to put out a little bit from the shore so he could teach the people from there. This is the same boat that Simon had just spent all night on, working and sweating and failing to catch a single fish. But Sterling, where are you at? So what? Tired and discouraged and frustrated, Simon does exactly what this man says. That he puts out a little bit from the shore in the same boat that he was just a failure in all night long. Grabbing the same nets that he was just a failure with all night long. Obeys this man and goes out a little bit from the shore. And once Jesus finishes teaching, he turns to Simon and tells him, go outwards a little deeper. And go ahead and let your nets down so you can catch some fish. I would have got irritated. Because have you ever been trying to do something? Like you're like working on like, and you're like, you're trying and you're trying. And you've done everything. And someone walks up to like, have you, have you tried twisting it? You're like, yeah, I've tried twisting it. Like, and so that, I would imagine if I was Simon, I would have said something like that. Like, let your nets down and catch a fish. Like, yeah, buddy, I have. And I caught no fishes. And so I could imagine him being like, all right, you got on my boat. You didn't ask me. You got on my boat and you asked me to put out from the shore a little bit. And I did. I did. But now you're asking me to go even further out. You see, I already did. I've already done what you said. I've already allowed you in. I've already done what you said. But, but you're, now you're asking me for more. But God, I, I came to church today. But but you're, but you're asking me for more. But God, I, I pray like twice a week. But, but God, you're wanting me to go deeper. God, I've, I've already gotten, I've received the Holy Ghost. I've spoken in tongues. I've gotten baptized in Jesus' name. But God, you're, you're wanting more from me. And yes, he is. Because God is not satisfied with you staying in the shallow waters. He was not satisfied with Simon staying in the shallow waters. But he called him to go deeper because Although getting into the shallow water is necessary, it is not the end result. Receiving the Holy Ghost is necessary, yes, but that's not the finish line. And too many Christians, we get to the point right here and we decide, that's good. It's it's good enough. And if we're not careful, we can become spiritual panhandlers or beggars. And 
We're on the side of the way. We're on the side of the path. And we're, we're hungry and we're begging for just enough so we can go home. And then we can come back to the same corner tomorrow and ask for just enough. Mm. And some of us tonight have been stuck in the same rut for weeks, for months, and maybe even years. And you can't seem to figure out why. And it's because, and me, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right here. It's because you've decided that just enough is good enough. But listen to me tonight. God does not want you to become satisfied with good enough. He does not want you to get satisfied with getting just a touch and then going home and asking for more tomorrow. But he's saying, I'm ready to pour into you. I have more than you could ever want. And I'm going to pour it out to you. Don't you ever cut yourself off from my presence. And he is ready tonight to pour into you what you are needing, what you are wanting. You don't have to leave here and be hungry again. But you can walk out of here full. If we pull up Psalms 23. It's a scripture not too many people know. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for that are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And here we go. Listen to this. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Was it filled almost to the top where you could feel a little bit of coffee in there? You could feel a little bit of an anointing in there, but it, but it was you couldn't see it from the outside. But it, it runneth over. If you want to see change in your school, if you want to see change in your friend group, in your family, let your cup runneth over. Because when you're full, you're full. It does, anything over that doesn't bless you, but when it runs over, it begins to splash on the people around you. Whenever you're running over, it begins to splash on the people around you, and their feet begin to get wet, and they feel the anointing, they feel the blessings, they feel the change, because you like your cup to run it over. If you want to see a change in your school, you want to see revival, you want to see your friends saved, let your cup run it over. Say, I'm not walking into this service the same way I used to always feel, but God, fill me up and keep it coming, because I need the anointing. My family needs it. My friends need it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Oh, in Jesus' name. Mm. See, living for God, it's not a life of just enough, but it's a life of more than enough. God is pouring out his spirit, but we have to stop settling for just enough. We have to stop settling for the shallow waters, but he is calling us deeper. We cannot afford to think that getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized in Jesus' name is our only calling. It's our first one. See, receiving the Holy Ghost, it's not, it's not the end game. It's the game changer. It's the one that's not the finish line, but it removes you from the race of sin and of death. And it puts you in another race. It places you at the beginning of another race of righteousness, of salvation, of holiness, of victory. And it places you in a whole new race that you did not even know was possible. Because, but it's only the beginning. You cannot afford to stay there. Because although getting into the shallow is necessary and it's fundamental in our walk with God, it was never intended to be the final act. See, Simon, going out a little bit from the shore was necessary. But that wasn't where his miracle was. 
God is telling somebody tonight that your fish aren't in the shallow water, but your fish are out deeper. Your miracle that you've been praying for aren't here in the shallows. It's not here in the little bit of a presence of God. It's not here in the goosebumps, but it's deeper. That your miracle that you've been praying for is deeper in him. The joy that you've been seeking is deeper. The peace that you've been looking for is deeper. The feeling of something more, that deliverance, is out there in the deep. And he's telling somebody, just trust in me. Follow me. Go deeper and see what I have in store for you. Because some of us are praying for a deep, 10-foot deep miracle. And we barely have our feet in the water of our prayer. That we're out here, and I'm saying this to myself too, that I'm expecting to see miraculous things, and I'm putting in minimal effort for it. But if you want to see a 10-foot deep miracle, you better submerge yourself in the presence of God, to go deeper in the presence of God, because it's easy for us to want to be elevated, to go higher, call me higher, to go, di- go higher, but God's calling you to go deeper here tonight. The God is calling you to go deeper in him and in his presence and see that those miracles are waiting for you out there. Because we're praying for God to have a complete control over our lives, but at the same time, staying in the shallow waters that we could get back on shore if things get a little unexpected. Why is that? And when we stay on the shore, you know, we can feel the water, but when the storms come, when everything happens, who goes to the beach? Who likes to go? Who, who's a deep? See, the people that are like deep water swimmer, like whenever we go with our, with like my wife's family and like and Spencer and like Sterling go like eight miles out into the water. I'm like, y'all have fun. I'm going to be right here and I'll be good. And so I, and, and so a lot of us, we like to stay in the water. We're like, oh, this water feels good. And so you get, you go like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the beach. This is the beach. And then you go, you're like, oh, yeah, this feels good. But then waves start coming. You're like, nope. No, I want to get where I have good sure footing. I want to get to where I can control it. I want to get to where I can control where if I go left or right. But that's not what God's wanting you to stay at. Because whenever you have full control, guess who doesn't? God. And so what you're wanting to do and what he's calling you to do, John 3 and 30 says, that he must increase, therefore I have to decrease. For his control to increase, I must release my control. Because if you want to see a supernatural response, you can't have carnal hands on your situation. You can't see a supernatural experience, yes. You can't see a supernatural experience whenever you have human hands handling your circumstance. If you want to be used by God, guided and influenced by him, you cannot allow your own thoughts and own judgment cloud your vision. And so this is what Jesus is wanting Simon to do in this moment. And Simon answering, he says, so he tells him, he was like, Master, we've, we've toiled all night, we've worked all night, and we've taken nothing. And I think it would be safe to say that with most of us, the sentence would have ended with, and have a nice day, get off my boat. But in this text, was really kind of cool, and I might be kind of reaching here, but in the text, he uses the word, he says, Master. And that means Teacher. And so, and we just saw that Jesus was teaching the people in that moment. So I like to imagine Simon kind of using this title with a little bit of facetiousness, with a little bit of sass with it, because we know Simon's kind of a, he's kind of a hothead. He kind of has an attitude. He's kind of vulgar. He's a, he's a fisherman. And so he's saying, listen, okay, listen, teacher, uh, I saw what you do and you did a great job, but we're on a boat now and I'm a fisherman and I know my way around a boat and I know where the fish are. And I know how to fish. And if we hadn't caught anything, 
That's my final say. And that sounds ridiculous for somebody to say that to God. But oftentimes that's how our conversations with God go. They say, God, you know, I felt called to give, but I've seen my bank account. No, you're asking me to talk to somebody, but God, don't you know I'm shy? You're calling me to do this, but don't you know my personality? Don't you know that's not me? Don't you know that I'm shy? I can't talk to people. I have anxiety. God, you may say something, but guess what? I'm, I'm the fisherman here, and we're on a boat. So I know what is best. Do not ever confuse your life and your experience as knowledge over the one who gave you that life. Mm. I would have loved to have seen if because if Jesus, I try to, you know, personify it and kind of put it in ways where I would imagine it going. And I would have I would have loved to have heard Jesus say, like, oh, you're a fisherman. Guess who created those fish? Oh, you spend hours of time on the water. Guess who spoke that water into existence? Say, so you know your way around a boat, but guess who created the trees that were even formed into that boat? You see. Scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not depend on your knowledge of this world, but depend on the one who created it. And that is exactly what Simon does right here. Mm. Y'all want to preach me out. I'll tell y'all what. Y'all are doing good. This is a good word from y'all. And so Simon makes a statement right here that, shook my spirit the first time that I read it and every time afterwards, which is why um, it was the title of my message. Um, and so the statement, it's, I think it needs to be a mindset of every student and every person, every follower of Christ here. He says, Master, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. So what? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down my net. Simon is saying, I've fished all night and I've caught nothing. But if you say so, I'm going to let my net down one more time. It doesn't make sense to me. I've already tried before and I failed. But, but I'm, if you said so, nevertheless, at thy word, I will keep going. I've fought and I've prayed and I haven't seen it answered yet. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will pray again. I've given and I feel like I didn't receive anything back. But nevertheless, at thy word, I'm giving again. I've tried and I've tried and I didn't see anything happen. But nevertheless, at thy word. I will do it again. I will let my net down again. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will keep praying for my miracle. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will step out in faith. And when you begin to act on his word and not your circumstance, miracles happen. Because his word has all power. His word has the power to tell your storm, peace and be still. His word has the power to heal your situation right here tonight where you sit. You see, but I, but, but I haven't seen my miracle yet. I haven't, I haven't seen my prayer answered yet. But, but nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep trusting in you. Because faith is looking at your empty net. Looking at your failures. Looking at your unanswered prayers. And casting them out one more time. Faith is looking at your almost empty bank account and still giving to the kingdom of God. God is looking for someone tonight who does not need to understand everything before they obey. 
Because there's a power in something and in someone who, who hears the voice of God and doesn't understand all of the details yet, but says, yes, sir, whatever you say, nevertheless, at thy word, I will do what you say. And the reason is because the enemy cannot deceive someone who does not require an explanation. I'll repeat that. See, the enemy cannot deceive someone who does not require an explanation. If we require explanations, if we require all the details and why, we begin to open ourselves up for lies. We begin to open ourselves up for ourselves to overthink it. We've, I've had several times, I can't imagine how many miracles, not even just for me, but of others around me that I've overthought before I acted. That I failed to call to pray for somebody, but I thought, well, is that really God? Or what if I offend them? Or what if, what if people think this? Or what if people do that and the window closes? Because I was needing the explanation first before anything. But if you can decide to say, well, God, if you tell me to do it, I'm doing it. If you tell me to pray for somebody, I'm praying for it. If you tell me to text somebody, to call somebody, I'm going to do it. And when you begin to do that, transformation and healing begins to happen. And the miraculous takes place. But it requires a trust and in your faith. Because they need to be combined. They can't be just one or the other, because there's a difference between believing and trusting. Lee, I thought about you writing this, because I believe in parachutes. Did you know that? I, you, you can come up to me and argue that parachutes do not exist, and I will fight you on it. I know parachutes exist. You can't convince me a parachute does not exist, but I never plan on trusting one. Uh-huh. I never plan on putting myself in a position where I depend on a parachute. I'm saying this to Lee because he skydived before. Skydove? Skydoving? One of them. And so, I believe parachutes exist, but I will never put myself in the position to depend on a parachute. There's a lot of people that say, I'm a believer. I know God exists. I'm a believer. But are you a truster? Are you a faither? Are you an actor? Are you acting out? Are you letting that faith and that belief sit there? Because scripture says, oh, you believe in God, great. So do the demons. That's scripture. But he's saying, okay, do you believe in me? But then are you also going to put your life and trust me? Are you going to fish all night and not catch anything? But if I say cast your net out again, are you going to cast your net out? Or are you going to say, actually, I'm tired and I'm going home. Actually, I've prayed a lot and I don't feel like it's going to happen. So I'm just going ahead and I'll skip out on that. I've, I've, I've gone to church like so many times, you know, I'm just going to take this one off. I'm going to stop coming. I'm going to stop listening to pastor. I'm going to stop doing this. But if you cast your net out one more time, that could be the time. That could be the one where the miracle is waiting. And I don't ever want myself, I don't want you, and I don't want anyone around me to miss a miracle because I decided that I knew too much. So Simon, and this is so cool because whenever he allows and he attaches his obedience to his faith, action followed. And then miraculous followed. And then transformation takes place because what's cool here is Simon... And this story was not referred to as Peter until verse 8. He was called Simon every time. Simon's boat. He prayed to Simon. He asked Simon to do this. Simon said this. But once he obeyed the second time in verse 8, when he allowed Jesus on the boat, he was still Simon. But when he obeyed and he went deeper into the deeper water, he was referred to as Simon Peter. And the significance of this is Simon, the words, the name Simon means hearer 
or listener, to hear or to listen. So he heard the voice of God. And we're hearing the word of God tonight. We've heard the word this Sunday morning. We hear the voice of God, but that's not enough. The scripture says we have to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And so when he obeys and when he steps out, he's referred to as Simon Peter. And the word Peter means rock. And later on, Jesus says that you are the rock in which I'm going to build my church. And he says, right now you are here. You hear me talking. But whenever you act, when you step out, when you trust in me, when it doesn't make sense, you're going to be the rock that I build my church. Yeah, you're crude right now. Yeah, you're a, you're a dirty fisherman right now. Yeah, you cuss like a sailor. Yeah, you do this. Yes, you have a past. Yeah, you have flaws. But when you trust in me, you go from a hearer of my word to the rock I'm building my church on. And he was the one who preached Acts 2.38. But he wasn't Peter until he obeyed. Because that obedience is what transforms us from a hearer of the word into somebody used of God, the foundation of a ministry in your life. And so when Simon stepped out in faith, when it didn't make sense, where he had already failed, where he tried before and it didn't work, when he stepped out in faith in obedience to the word of God, Simon decided, nevertheless, at thy word, I will obey. And Simon's transformation from a hearer of the word to the rock the church was built on began. You see, as you decide to go deeper, the deeper that you go, the more God will transform you into who he has called for you to be this whole time. So whenever Simon wasn't even on his boat yet and he was cleaning his nets, Jesus saw the man who was going to preach, Acts 2. Before he ever even knew how to say the word Holy Ghost, before he ever even knew anything about that, Jesus said, I see him where he is right now. I see him that he failed. I see that he fished all night. I see that he did all this, but I'm going to show that there's more in me than what he had before. And so he begins to use and begins to transform Peter through this, through this moment. And as you go deeper, as you go deeper, the more you begin to be transformed, the more you become sensitive, the more that your thoughts begin to change, the more you begin to say, you know, I don't know everything. I don't know what to do with my life. I feel lost. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will seek you. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will obey you. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will serve you. And that is when we begin to experience God's transformation in your life. Yeah, you may have a past. Yeah, you may have done stuff that you wish you hadn't. And I'm sure Simon did. That's why Simon says, depart from me. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible person. Get away from me. I, I don't deserve you being on my boat. Jesus said, I chose this boat. I knew whose boat this was before I stepped on it. And I want today, and God is wanting today to step in your life. He knows your flaws. He knows your past. He knows your weakness. But he's saying, I still want in. I still, there's something in you that I created you for. And until you let me in and until you obey and you go deeper, then you'll see it. But until then, you'll just be a fisherman with an empty net. But then we can have, let's have the musicians come. Guess what happens when Simon, now Peter, does as Jesus says. He says, at this time, the nets were so full, they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners in to, from the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. This isn't in my notes, and I guess this has been the theme of what's going on right now. But originally, I was just wanting to say that God has so many blessings for you that your boat 
can't even hold it up. That he has so much for you that you can't even fathom, you can't even hold, you can't even imagine or think all the things God has for you. But as I was reading it just right there, other people came. Another boat came, the friends came. And their boat began to sink with the blessings that came from the obedience of Simon Peter. That you have friends, I might begin repetitive, but guess what? We're going to hear it. There are friends that you're going to come in contact with tomorrow. There's coworkers, there's people that you're going to meet at the restaurant, anywhere that you go this week, that are depending on you to obey and say, I'm going deeper. That their boat, they were going to leave their boat completely empty too, and maybe for the last time. But you say, you know what, I'm obeying, I'm going deeper, and now there's so much, God is giving me so much that I need you, to, I can't even carry all these blessings. I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. And now their boats are so full of blessings only because Simon Peter heard the word and obeyed it. And so there's people you're going to come in contact with this week that your obedience is going to fill their boat. That your obedience is going to bless them. Your obedience is going to be the reason those fishermen went home and were able to pay their bills. They were able to feed their families. But it can't happen until we listen and we obey and we go deeper in God than we have ever gone before. So everybody, you may stand up. At this altar call, I want you to realize that it's okay to feel like when you walk up up here that that you're losing at this moment. To feel like your nets are empty when you walked in here. It's okay to feel like that. That you feel like I've lost, I've, I've cast my nets out over and over. I've prayed for my son and he hasn't come back. I've, I've prayed for my finances and I'm still at rock bottom. I've prayed for my marriage and it's still falling apart. I've prayed for my friends and they seem like they're getting further and further out. But God's saying, just cast it out one more time. Just one more, put your trust in me one more time and see what happens because I've seen too many people pull up their nets from a night of not catching anything and clean their nets and go home for the last time. I've seen people that I've looked up to in the church pull up their nets for the last time and give up. And I'm determined to not be that for somebody. I'm not going to be the person that pulls up their nets for the last time and goes home. But I'm going to be the person that says, I'm throwing my nets out again. I'm throwing my net out again. I'm praying again. I'm worshiping again. I'm going to church again. I'm giving God my praise again. I'm giving him my hallelujah again. Because they never know when it's going to be that time. And there's going to be a revival in this city and in our country and in the world. Because you decided to throw your net out one more time. And so right now, this altar is open. And I encourage you to find a place where you get with you and with God and say, God, I'm going deeper than I've ever gone before. I want to hear your voice clearer than I've ever heard it. I want to go further into your spirit, God, than I've ever felt it. God, I want my cup to run it over. And there's liberty in this house tonight. We felt it from the first song that God is ready to give deliverance, to restore somebody, to pour out into somebody tonight. And God doesn't want any single one of you to walk out of here the same way you came. But he wants you to walk out of here changed, filled, 
restored, delivered with your boat so full that your friends are going to have to help you carry your blessings. Trust is without water. 
God has been calling some of us deeper for a while. But tonight, we answered. Tonight, we made the choice that someone walked out of here and that you're going to walk out of here with a deeper understanding, a deeper relationship, a deeper walk with God than you ever have. But I say this type of thing almost every youth Sunday, and I know I say it every Wednesday, that it does not have to be a church building experience. But God's call for you to go deeper is going to be there when you leave. It's going to be there on Monday morning when you wake up. It's going to be there at night when you lay down to go to sleep. That the call to go deeper will always be there and the choice to answer is going to be there every single day. And so I encourage us as we say this final word of prayer that we make up in our minds, no matter what I face from this day on, nevertheless, at thy word, I'm seeking after you. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence that we have felt in this place. And I thank you for your transformation power that has moved through our lives. And God, I pray that we don't let this stop here. We don't let this be just a church service, but God, let it be a shift in our life and in our spirit. And when we walk out of here, God, we don't walk by ourselves, but we walk with you. We don't walk out of here who we used to be, but we walk out of here transformed and changed. And let us reach those around us. Let us reach the world. Let us reach our community. And I pray that you give every single person under the sound of my voice strength, comfort, and peace here this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I see
the mountain move before I dance upon the waves, before I feel that it is done of my healing, before you said the wrong things right, before you lead me to the heights, before you speak that it is one of my victory. I know.